on this episode of Building the Brand. Macon Editor-in-Chief Eugene Can chats with Macon's first apprentice, Willie. He's working at the creative publication both as a student, but also a creative that's significantly younger than his peers. Here's Eugene and Willie looking back on his two months as an apprentice. How you doing, Eugene? Good. Who am I talking to? Uh, my name's Willie. I've been a, I've been the editorial apprentice here at Macon for the past two months this summer. Um, I do anything from helping out editorial duties. My biggest role has been handling uh, social platforming like Instagram, Facebook, um, and reaching out to people. But basically, just another person, another body in the office, just helping out whenever I can. Don't sell yourself short. I think there's more to it than that. Okay. Um, maybe tell me a little bit about how we first met, actually. Yeah, actually, it's a pretty interesting story. Um, I've been following you on Instagram for five to six years. And I believe the original reason why I was following you was because I was following uh, Nicole, that food cray on Instagram. Who is my wife. Who's your wife. And she posted a wedding photo of the of you two, and I, was, I, I remember clicking your profile. I was just like, "Wow, this guy looks pretty cool. I guess I'll give him a follow." And so that was happenstance. And here we are, five six years later, where um, I study like media and filmmaking at my school in uh, yeah. Los Angeles. And recently, in the past year, I've been really interested in um, journalism, but also just publication in general, um, both the audio visual. Um, writing components of them yeah um so when i was coming back uh, i'd always did, notice this making figure posting about on your instagram yeah. did you know we were based in hong kong uh no not quite yeah not quite so it just sort of happened right yeah well yeah it just sort of happened and i guess when i finally had some time on my hands this past summer i dug deeper into making and i was just like oh wow okay well they're based in hong kong they seem to be doing a lot of you know, things I've become interested in writing about fashion, food, culture, components of culture. Um, and I said, well, there's no harm in just trying to reach out. Yeah. See yeah. whether there's something I can learn here. see whether there's something, you know, I could just talk to other people I'd been following around. Yeah. So, and so yeah, us meeting wasn't really focused around you coming on board as an apprentice. It was just, Hey, you're in Hong Kong for the summer. Um, you go to school in the U.S., let's just meet up and let's talk. And I think that was one of the cool things, like, when we first sat down. And I'm totally going to put you on blast here, but Willie's 21. So you must have been on Instagram, like, when you're 15 or 16, when when that all started. So it's, I think it's a good representation of where we are in this current moment in time and how people develop relationships that might begin online and then come offline. You know, I think that's always an interesting sort of relationship that exists between those two worlds. But yeah, I mean, my personal approach to this was like, we weren't really looking for apprentices or interns or anything like that. And it just so happened that I think you kind of fit the mold. And I knew that based on our moment in time, like where we were, we maybe didn't have a ton of resources to dedicate towards bringing you along or to have someone involved who didn't really understand exactly what we're doing. And I think there would you definitely were pretty familiar with what we were doing. And I think that helped a lot. But I think that's not to say that any sort of apprenticeship or anything like that needs to be focused around people that are totally cued in because I don't think that's the purpose of it. The purpose is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, on that point, just talking about what are the uses 
of an apprenticeship like this or other working opportunities for people who are still in college like me. Um, I think it's interesting where it's, you know, it's about developing skills and like putting yourself in new environments or environments you are familiar in, but really want to know what goes behind the scenes about some of these things. So Definitely when, you know, I was familiar because when I had free time over this past summer, I was just like, okay, let me take a deeper look into what exactly is the stuff you guys do at Macon, what type of stories you're doing and, you know, what exactly it is. Because I've only, I was only familiar with what was got posted on IG, but I didn't actually get to see the written content or the, the audio content. So when I did it from there... You know, I became interested in how did you guys get to meet like a guy like Bo Bridges or like, how did you decide on audio? Why did you decide on this membership platform? Yeah. So things like that became interested to me because. Would you, I, what would you think are the biggest takeaways from that? Like, did you have a question that you wanted to answer before you, you know, enter the doors of Macon? And has that been answered? Or were there like a series of things that would just pop up over the course of just being present? Yeah, I mean, I don't really think I had personal questions for my understanding of the space, but I guess I was definitely curious in like, you know, I don't really read that much publication stuff. Macon came forward to me as a platform that was just something I hadn't seen before, just because, you know, you got this audio component, but there's this whole community aspect to everything that's something I've never really seen being pushed forward. And even the types of stories, you know, how you approach an audio story and the type of people you're speaking with and also the angles you're speaking to them about, right? Whether it be, you know, you're talking to somebody who's well-known in fashion, but you're talking about another passion of theirs and how that intersects, how that helps them with this other thing they're more well-known of. Um, it was just all very, very fascinating to me. So I guess my initial questions at first was just like, you know, how did you get to this the process, this thought process? Yeah, right? exactly. What is the thought process behind this thing? I mean, obviously I can speak on my own thought process and, you know, writing stories on my own in school or like doing assignments or like, you know, taking like photo essays and stuff. But I guess for me, it's as a creative, I'm always interested in learning how people think about different things. Do you, do you think this experience and opportunity helped frame up what it's like to work in a brand or a, a media company where your personal editorial direction or style needs to be needs to adhere to someone else's approach like for example i think there was a, a commonality in, in the stuff you would post on your instagram like that's generally how i saw your work um but do you think that you're now more familiar that like if you were to take on an, a new job let's say after you graduate somewhere else and that place happens to be like a surf magazine let's just say do you think you'd be able to adapt to those circumstances or you've gotten a taste of that yeah totally i mean it's working here just for the last couple of months has just really opened my eyes and just like, how do you adapt to things that you personally may not be a super, super big fan of or like just completely unfamiliar with? So, for example, right, you know, I was offered the chance to shoot a lookbook and even though I have photography skills, I've never really done something where I've had to schedule with a model the setup like that, and you, you're specifically shooting a lookbook. I do a lot of street photography. I do a lot of just it's I mean, kind of it, yeah. it's kind of like along the lines where whatever you shoot goes, you don't really have to adhere to anyone else's agenda. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a very non-commercial style of photography where it was just like I was just doing things that I wanted to pursue. Whereas for something like this opportunity, with you know, I had the first come up with was what um what the concept what was. the client well, yeah what the concept is what the client would maybe want out of these photos and sort of you know communicate with that and try to figure out how can I get what they want um obviously. Hopefully the, the relationship is where they trust me enough to where they also trust my creative sense. But definitely the bottom line is whatever the client wants. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that the experience you had 
and sort of being thrown into the opportunity to to be compensated for your commercial work or whatever, like that sort of environment. Do you think that's something that's lost amongst this current crop of creative people coming up? Like they're they're generally lost when it comes to these types of opportunities because I'm just going to use a really broad sweeping generalization, but I've heard of a lot of these horror stories where you have these amazing Instagram photographers that when they enter the commercial world, there's a big disconnect there. And I think it sounds a little bit like what you've described where people can deliver on their own accord. But I mean, that's the thing is like sustainability often comes through working with other people that hopefully will pay some of your bills. Like I'm just saying like there's different ways of doing it, but this type of work is obviously this paid creative work is obviously an important part of someone's trajectory in their career. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I haven't been in the position where I haven't been paid for any creative work I've done lucky enough, but if you're a young person in this creative world or to, you know, connect with bigger brands or connect with whoever, you know, there's, you're always worried that you're never going to get paid for the type of work you do because you're just like, oh, this is like a disposable person who's just coming up. So there's definitely always that worry. And I think it's unfortunate because with arts, right? When you really put in the money and effort to support people, like good work, I always believe good work can come out of that. When you put people in like compromised situations like that, you know, they don't want to deliver anymore. I think you're holding back, you know, younger people from, or just people in general, whoever you're not paying or not compensating for their time and, you know, dedication that really puts people back because they're just like, what am I going to I mean, I, I would push back on that because I think that there is something to be said about paying your dues. You as an apprentice, you know, in full transparency, you're, you're paid an apprentice sort of salary, right? And I think that there's something to be said about grinding through it because I think you'll be better for it. And that's the one part that maybe this is the generational difference that exists. And like, I know before we started this conversation, you were kind of... Uh, wanting to highlight what was it like for me personally coming up and 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 working and it felt different because I, I I never had a sense of being owed anything and I'm not saying that's you I'm saying this on my own behalf right I I genuinely felt I had to fight tooth and nail for every single opportunity and in many ways I think that sort of belief that and it's a little bit internal it's like not being good enough needing to always perform, 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 kind of propelled me to generally successful career in this industry, right? That is a thing that I think might be a, a little bit of a generational difference in that young people will have great things come their way, but maybe not right at the beginning. And you sort of need to like put in that work to validate that you've created several bodies of work that have shown that, hey, you know what, you're not a flash in the pan either, right? And I think that's the one thing that needs to be balanced. It's not that you shouldn't support you know, up and coming arts. That's not really discussion so much as like how much reward will you give them? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I definitely think it's a generational thing. Uh, like I said, I haven't been in a situation like that where I haven't been rightfully compensated, but it's always a worry in the back of my mind. Like, what, what do you think it is about being rightfully compensated that's so important for you at this current point in time, you think? Um... Like is compensation in the form of monetary compensation in terms of credit? Like how do you how do you view that? I I this this is a very generalized question about like your one perspective within this like a younger generation, right? Yeah. And I, I'm I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. I think I'm more concerned with compensation that comes in the form of, I guess, credit more so than monetary. Obviously, monetary better than nothing, but for me it's credit because if you put the time and dedication to do some work for a brand or something, you would really want to, you know, have that credit there so you can, you know, move on to the next employer for when you graduate um, and start your so work. So in reality, there. your compensation is not necessarily monetarily derived. 
I don't think so because because yeah, I think that's that's a very important distinction to make because that other what we discussed it could be construed a different yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. No. Totally. I still think like I can still see what you're saying with like paying your dues because I think that is something I've tried to do personally too to not take things for granted to not think that just because I got you know a step in the door doesn't mean everything belongs to me. Sort of like you got to show your work. Right. Whether people think, you know, you work long hours to not be rightfully compensated, I think it still goes a long way. Right. Where it just you you just show that you're dedicated about your work and you're willing to always put in the time and effort. And hopefully somebody sees that at the end of the day. Over the course of of these few months together, what were things that you really just didn't like to do? And obviously this is it's fine if you don't like it like this is more of an open dialogue. Yeah, sure. I think that's really valuable. Yeah, sure. I mean, one of the early experiences I did where I wasn't so sure about what exactly I was doing was I had to compile an inventory about all the social media content you guys had for Instagram and stuff. And, you know, so I was just like looking through your boxes, like the online storage of just like where you've placed these things. And they're very disorganized and they're all over the place. Um, And I guess I was just writing down numbers of like how much there were of each of these things. And at the time I was just like, you know, like, what's the point of this? Yeah. Okay. Like, I guess I am compiling an inventory, but for what purpose? Yeah. Um, And so that actually might've been the very first task I did. And I was just like already like, is this it? Like, am I just going to be doing like stuff (laughs) like this? You know, like the things that people always harp on about internship work, like making coffee, you know, doing paperwork, stuff like that. But later on, you know, when I was handed sort of the duty of just managing the Instagram, making sure things were running on time, that came in handy because now I can be like, we've already posted this or like this thing was made, but it never got posted. We can actually use that. And I can actually, you know, track what needs to go up, what needs to be made. And then it finally makes sense. Like the thing I thought was useless, you know, actually helped me a big time. That's a great point in the sense that even for us, it was it was illuminating to understand that, hey, when you communicate a task, sometimes it doesn't hurt to maybe spend just a little bit more time to explain why it's needed. I mean, I, I, I will also say like you're not going to be able to explain every single task, like the minutia of it all won't have an explanation. But to give people a reason why this is important, I think at least allows them to have a purpose, right? Yeah, the same goes for a lot of the different tasks I did, right? whether it be writing um, editorial briefs, whether it be compiling mood boards, you know, things that took time for me to learn. Um, And in some sense, you know, it's just like, are you putting this work for other people to see? Someone could construe that as just like meaningless work because you're not making anything yet. It's just like the the steps of the process. But, you know, for me doing those types of things over and over and over again, it was just like, once we got into later steps, like whether it got to the actual photo shoot or once we got into the later stages of the editorial uh, content, I could see like my work coming through. The preparation I prepare for, maybe how this story takes hold, starting to finally show. The structure is finally starting to be there. Or, you know, asking questions to a person. Or for the photo shoot, you're, look, you're looking at like, I've compiled these ideas, these visual ideas, and now I'm at the shoot, I'm going to do this, and it finally works, and my client is happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some of the things you enjoyed the most over the course of this apprenticeship? And what are the things you disliked the most? I mean, you've touched a little bit on the things you dislike, but the biggest thing for me was just being in the office, just getting to interact with people on the team, and also the people that you guys know that sometimes swing by the office, like other creatives as well, and just I guess learning, seeing how they work, 
seeing how they see things, how they handle their work as well, just like organization and stuff like that has been really illuminating and rewarding because it gives me ideas about how I want to differently approach my work in a creative sense or just, you know, or even just having the opportunity to ask a question about something technical, something creative, you know, like Sharice, the community manager and also uh, illustrator herself, you know, she taught me how to make dynamics for Instagram, like social media content. Um, she also helped me in how do you communicate with a client? Like, you know, how do you structure emails and stuff like that, which I find will be totally helpful yeah. just talking to people. Yeah. So like that thing, being in the office, being around you guys all the time, seeing how you guys work has definitely been like one of the biggest things I liked yeah. about being here. What value do you think this had on your, I guess, where you are currently in your career and where you want to go. Like, I know that journalism is something that you're actively pursuing. Does the world of media still entice you? Totally. Um, This experience has just given me insight into, you know, how these things run. These publications that I read or these other media field companies, what exactly is the work they're doing? Um, And how do they see things? And I think that has given me insight about whether I want to do this type of work or not. I think it's regardless of wherever I end up, whether in like traditional journalism or not, you know, the future is this media business that you guys are doing. And so all the skills I'm learning here about um, just all of those different steps, right? How do you plan the idea? How do you make it? And then how do you market it? Um, Those I think are like the three biggest things I've learned. And I think those will always like come in handy, whether in journalism, right? Maybe the editorial preparation is a little different, but at the end of the day, you know, once the story is made and needs to get out there, I can see all these steps about what exactly you have to do to succeed in a publication or just yeah. a media space. Yeah. yeah. What did you think it'd be like within a publication in your first sort of apprenticeship? And what has been the reality? Um, and to be honest, like I didn't really have an idea about what it would be like. I guess uh, at my school, I work at the school newspaper and I work at the school yearbook team. Um, and I guess I thought it would be, I thought it would be unlike those experiences because it was just a space filled with students. Um, but I actually think it's not too different. I mean, sure, you have people who are better managed at their responsibilities and time, but the group work is still the same, right? Whatever you're passionate about, you're always going to butt heads with somebody else who's also equally as passionate. And so it's a matter about resolving those conflicts and making sure, you know, everybody's a mature person and can talk things out. So yeah, like much more similar to those experiences that I do at school than I thought in just working in just like general group work. So I guess to round things out, for people like yourself that are finishing school, trying to pursue something in media or creative culture, what is the exact value within an internship and an apprenticeship? The most obvious thing is that you actually get to experience what exactly this workspace is like, right? I mean, yeah, Sure, maybe you'll get a similar experience in school working on a newspaper or something, but when there are sort of stakes on the line, you know, clients, editorial uh, due dates, like nothing can compare to just being in this office and working and making sure that thing gets turned in on time. Um, and so I think whether this is, whether media, this landscape is just a preliminary interest or this is really what you want to do for your career, just having an opportunity to just be in an office like this or whatever publication or whatever brand will just give you a clear glimpse into what exactly you will have to do to achieve whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think could have made this apprenticeship better? The biggest improvement that you can have to this apprenticeship thing is just to really find out, define goals and figure out what exactly do people want to focus on more? Yeah. Solid. Um, And 
looking back on the last two months or so, what has been your favorite moment? It's a hard question. Um, I can't think of like quite like a singular moment. I mean, this is a very like cliche answer, but really just like the day to day, like seeing your, how everybody on the team interacts. <laughs> no, just see, just seeing like how everybody in the office interacts on a day to day basis. You know, obviously when it's work time, everybody's, you know, just really focused. Um, but then you just have like moments where, like you know, people just play, play FIFA and things just, you know, kind of get out of hand. I'm going to miss looking over my, my computer and seeing you playing NBA 2K. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I might just keep the game on in your, in your honor when you're not here. That'd be nice. Well, thanks a lot for the chat, Willie. Best of luck this year. Um, hopefully you graduated on time. You know, walk down that aisle. Throw your cap in the air. Yeah. Thanks, Eugene. It's been great to be here. You guys can't see this, but I'm about to shake his hand. The hand has been shaked. Is it shake or show? The hand has been shaken. <laughs> <laughs>